Welcome to Let's Talk, hosted by David B. Plemons, CPA, Inc. Here, we will focus on the struggle, the juggle, and everyday hustle of small business. We will be here weekly talking to small business owners about their everyday struggles. We welcome your questions and comments, so feel free to email us at admin at We hope you enjoy, and above all, we hope it helps. So welcome to the hustle, juggle, and struggle of small business. I am Thalia Williams, your marketing concierge for David B. Plemons CPA, Inc. Today on our show, we have Dr. Shantana Robinson, also known as the Bridge Builder. Welcome, welcome, girl. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about you and your business, and then we're going to kind of talk about what's been going on since the lockdown, quarantine, shut away from everybody thing, how that has impacted (laughs) your business. Okay, sure. Um, Well, good morning once again. Uh, My name is Dr. Shantana Robinson. A lot of people know me as Dr. Bridge Builder. Um, Bring your greetings at San Antonio, Texas. Uh, my business is actually called Impact Creative Group, which stands for Management for a Day. Uh, the concept is I help businesses uh, manage their operations, particularly on the foundation side of the house. Um, so whether it be business plan development, if they have a need for capacity building as it relates to that um, capability statement, SWOT analysis. Lately, it's been business audits um, is a huge one, as well as a VA, uh, virtual assistant services. I kind of had to pivot and add that to um, my overall plethora of stuff that I offer um, as it relates to what's going on right now. Um, so it's been an interesting journey to say the least, um, but the whole concept is literally to fill the gap uh, for what's next for business owners. That sounds interesting. And I enjoy the conversation of talking about the SWOT analysis, the strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, because that gives you a very clear picture of who you are, who's out there, what your weaknesses may be, and what opportunities that are out there as well. How did you choose to go into this line of work? Uh, Oddly enough, it kind of came about by accident. Um, My background background um, is quite extensive as it relates to business and merchandising. Um, I have about 13 years in higher education. I actually uh, teach on um, two college campuses. Over those years, I've done a total of five um, in the realm of business and entrepreneurship courses. And tied into that also, um, my degree, um, master's and my uh, doctorate is, they're both in business administration. Um, So even from a a grasshopper, I guess you could say it was kind of just encoded in my blood. But as I launched and started my own businesses as a undergrad um, over at, back then it was still called Southwest Texas State, um, I have a cosmetology license. Most people don't know. So that was actually my first official uh, gig that I had. I actually was doing hair um, out of my dorm room. Don't tell nobody. Um, Out of my my Mm. dorm room uh, on the side. Um, And so that kind of led me to have these interesting conversations with individuals about what they were doing as far as side hustles to bring in additional income. And I've always 
always been the one to see um, things as far as the big picture and just come up with really cool, interesting concepts. Um, hence, that's the research gene that's in me. So when someone would say that they're, you know, struggling with finding out, you know, who their target market is, or I would walk into a clothing store and I'm the only one there and it's a Saturday, and it's a local owned business, you know, I would literally just walk up and be like, hey, you know, what's, what's going on with the traffic in the store? It's like, oh, well, you know, this is a standard Saturday. And my next question is, you know, well, what have you done, you know, to let people know that you are open on, on a big old Saturday because there should be people in here. You got great stuff. And it kind of catapulted from that, um, just having mm -hmm. those uh, conversations. And oddly enough, Back then, probably about 20 years ago, it was more heavily focused on what we now call the branding side of the business, particularly with the business owners who were having meetings um, and making sure that they were dressed correctly, that they had all of their information um, together before they went into these different meetings. Um, and it even spun into doing resume and mock uh, interviewing classes, uh, which is actually what I did with Target because I was with Target for a long um, period of time as one of their executive team leader recruits um, for the whole entire state of Texas. So I have like this strange, crazy background <laughs> that's all tied into business and that kind of catapulted me to where I am now. I, I, I'm one of those firm believers that your path kind of just has already been laid for you. You're kind of just following along, hopefully, um, <laughs> where, where it's guiding you to. So here I am now. Um, from where I was back in the 90s to now, I kind of just lined up perfectly like it was supposed to, I guess you could say. Wow, that's amazing. Because with what you do as a bridge builder, all of that lends itself to building bridges, connecting yeah. folks, mm -hmm. you know, because if that store owner in that particular example didn't get any traffic in on a Saturday, they wouldn't be open frequently or wouldn't be open long at all. Right. Yeah. Because Saturdays, as most people know, is your most busiest day, particularly on the retail side of the house. It's, it's your most busiest day because majority of Americans are off work. Um, and that is when they do majority of their spending when we talk about um, retail on the clothing side of the house. So I just thought it was really interesting um, when I walked in there that, and it wasn't the first time that I had actually been there over the weekend and hadn't seen like hardly anybody in the store. Um, and I think mm -hmm. that also kind of led to me having um, special feelings in regards to small business as far as mom and pop. Um, Cause I have yeah. worked with some of your larger retailers uh, for the longest um, from Target to um, their sister store, which was Mervyn's. I worked in their district store, worked at three of the stores here, all on the management side. I had recruited for and then went on and worked for Kohl's, um, ran their internship program as well, still on the management side of the house, but it was all about connecting those individuals to the market that they served. And just in that passing, I, I developed a passion for the small side of the house, your mom and pop businesses who don't have, you know, the Kohl's you know, cash fund <laughs> to run their business yeah. because they, they have more of a passion, as crazy as it sounds, because in essence, it's their baby. Unlike where these larger True. retailers have a whole entire board, you know, with your mom and pop, you're everything in a lot of cases. You, you know, you are the founder of the business. You are the janitor for the business. You do the marketing. <laughs> you're everything. 
sometimes has extra hands, hence management for a day, um, is important. And a lot of business owners actually see that. I have business owners who literally call me and all they need is somebody to look over their business plan because they, you know, created it five years ago and it was great for where they were five years ago, but here we are now, it needs to refresh. Okay, no problem. Then you have startups who literally are, you know, great at designing clothes, but they don't know anything else outside of designing clothes like they don't know where to go to get an EIN should I be an LLC or should I just stick as a sole proprietor should I open up a store location I just I really need help um, so you get the gamut um, of different things when you're talking to these different business owners and I think that's the beauty that kind of rolls it all in together and makes me so passionate about it and then you tie into it that I'm African-American and I am female so I get it and an inner working knowledge in regards to minority owned businesses as well and because that's literally a whole nother rabbit hole within itself so tell me some of the challenges you've had in running your business right now we're not going to talk about before corona rona how they like to say it has taken over our world but some of the challenges you've had prior to this and now some of the ones that you're having currently well, uh, prior to this, I think the biggest thing that I was running into was getting people to understand the value of having a um, solid foundation. So in other words, um, th with that example of the person that was a fashion designer, you know, they have this business idea, they literally want to wake up tomorrow and just hit the ground running. Um, but they forget all of the things that you have to have in place um, as far as the foundation goes for your, your business, you know, in order for you to actually attempt to hit the ground running. So here we are currently now in a situation with everybody up under quarantine, stay at home orders, um, depending on what side of the US you're currently in. And a lot of business owners are actually having time to um, do those education-based um, skills development. So in other words, they have time now to look at that business plan um, that they hadn't looked at in like years or create a business plan. Um, is something that I'm finding as well. They're also realizing how important it is to have a cash reserve um, in regards to their business. So in other words, uh, with, particularly with your small businesses, a lot of times their money gets so tied into running the business, they forget to have an actual reserve that's set aside um, for the business for situations that may come up, i.e., um, the situation with this pandemic. Um, someone asked me, I believe it was two days ago, if I believe there's going to be um, a lag time in regards to businesses opening back up and getting back to where they were pre-corona. Um, and my response to them was quickly, yes, there is definitely going to be a lag time. And not only that, I also believe that there's going to be quite a few businesses. Um, sorry to say, but but they're just not going to open back up because um, some of these small business owners are not going to be able to recover from this. Um, I know that there's a lot of um, grant opportunities and loan opportunities out there, and I definitely want people to hear me when I say this. Please make sure you read the fine print on anything that you sign up for um, because there are a lot of little loops and T's and I's that are crossed um, and dotted on all of those different forms. So if you have the time 
um, which most of us do now, um, please make sure you go to the different webinars that the SBA is hosting. Ask those questions. Pay attention to the questions that other business owners um, are asking because that's going to be where you're going to get the bulk of your solid information from um, because I don't want people to run into a situation where they're just applying, applying, applying. And then, you know, a year from now, they're wondering why their taxes um, are so shoddy and all over the place as it relates to their business. So we just, we have to be mindful um, of all of that. I, I love how service industry, particularly on the restaurant side of the house, has augmented their services. So you have those mom and pop businesses that had never done um, delivery or um, curbside before, but they literally took the bull by the horns and they are now running with it. And a lot of them are very successful um, in regards to it. So I think that not only has this exposed some of our weaknesses as business owners, I also think that it has exposed some opportunity um, for business owners, if that makes any sense. Um, so it's, it it's been an interesting journey, um, to say the least. Every, I would say every day, but every couple of hours, <laughs> I'm seeing something new um, or something that has evolved um, with business owners as it relates to what's going on. Um, I had never heard, hosted a virtual happy hour before because I've always um, hosted my mixers, you know, face to face in an actual physical space. Well, lo and behold, we've started doing virtual happy hours and people absolutely love it. Um, and so it's been a journey, um, a working journey that a lot of people have learned quite a bit from, including myself. Wow. So you could say necessity is the mother of invention. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Um, and as crazy as this, I don't think a lot of people actually thought that, you know, anything like this would probably happen in their, you know, span of living. Um, but hey, the people who were part of the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918 probably did not think that they would be part of anything like that either. Um, and so here we are, uh, as crazy as it sounds, um, just trying to literally find ways and means to keep our businesses afloat um, and also support our other business owners too. So that's something else that I have seen happen and it is beautiful to see. So you have these business owners that are rallying around other small businesses, you know, and building a nice family network to make sure not only do they survive, but they also thrive which is very important. Um, El Typical over there on the east side with the Hoffman family, um, they handed out, I think it was like 1,100 enchilada plates completely for free to community um, uh, activists and just community members as a whole. You just showed up, opened up your trunk, they loaded it up, them and then Commissioner Calvert was out there as well. So you have these different establishments that are literally coming up with ways to still pay it forward and let the community know that they're there for them while still continuing to run their business um, and still tying it into their brand because what's going to end up happening for them is once all of this dies down and they are able to open back up their doors, a lot of those people that they assisted are going to remember, you know, what they did and end up becoming, you know, actual patrons of the establishment if they weren't already. So it's kind of twofold in that regard. Oh, definitely. 
Definitely. And that's good because with the quarantine, with the pandemic, you've had to be creative in order to survive. Yes. And for those businesses that are able to think outside the box and become agile, this has allowed them really to see just how strong they really are and just what are the tools they have in their toolboxes that they may not have thought they would need, but all of a sudden now, oh my goodness, I need to do this. So how do I do that? Mm -hmm. And those that are not agile or able to think outside the box, mm -hmm. those could be the ones that you don't see once this is lifted, which mm -hmm. is definitely sad. Very yeah. sad. It is. On the uh, virtual mixer uh, on I think it was Wednesday. Yeah, it was Wednesday. It was called Wind Down Wednesday Virtual Mixer. Um, on that one, there were some business owners that were actually doing really well. Because one of my questions was, you know, how was everybody, truthfully, how was everybody doing with everything that's going on? And quite a few of the business owners were like, I'm actually doing pretty good. Um, and those were the ones that had pivoted. Um, in regards to what is going on now. So one individual who was in construction, that was his primary business that literally, you know, fell up under as far as industry goes. Um, he told everybody what he has actually done is, even though construction is still considered an essential service, he's not getting any contracts right now, which, you know, because he's on the residential side of the house. You know, most people are not buying houses or building houses right now because we're focused on other things. Mm -hmm. So what he has done is, he had an onslaught of just different construction material, including N95 masks. So he has mm -hmm. actually placed bids and actually won bids within 24 hours in regards to the material that he is actually selling um, from his business because of the connections that he has related to stuff that is needed that falls up under PPE. Um, so that is something that he just on a whim did for one particular small business that kind of, and it was a clinic that kind of just catapulted into he's a go-to source because that particular clinic then referred another clinic to him who also needed some math. So mm -hmm. kind of overnight, um, <laughs> he evolved from being in construction to where he is now from um, the N95 masks to his hazmat and bunny suits. Um, was another one that he says um, his disinfectant cleaners and stuff that he had in-house, all of that stuff is actually being recommitted um, to other small businesses from his own stockpile. So he's still able to bring in money and then he's utilizing his workers to actually make those deliveries if the establishment is within San Antonio or New Braunfels, so like the 35 corridor. So he's still able to okay. keep his, his workers, a lot of his workers employed as well too, which is great. That really is. So why do you persist? I can hear the excitement and passion in your voice, but why do you persist? What drives you to keep going? You know, I think it comes down to, I am the type of person where I want to see everyone succeed, um, as crazy as that sounds, and not just my myself. Um, it does my heart good when I see other individuals who I know have had challenges, who have sat in some of the same seats that I have been in, and they're doing great. Um, I want to see everybody have a seat at the table, get information from that table, and then literally walk away from that table and create their own space and own tables as well, so that they can bring up the one 
ones behind them. That's literally what it comes down to. Um, I think that it's important for us to retain knowledge, to gain information from the folks that have been there, done that, and also to make sure that we are aware of where we are going on this journey because you know, prime example is this right here that we're doing um, via Zoom. You know, 20 years ago, people would probably think that this is the most craziest thing that they've ever heard of their whole entire life. What is this Wi-Fi? Like, they were just getting exposed to dial-up, for God's sake. So <laughs> I think that me, <laughs> me being persistent in everything that I do is I, I want to rub off on individuals and I want to make sure that, you know, small businesses are still around and they see that they are needed um, and respected. And I think that um, particularly on the women-owned side of the house and minority-owned side of the house, I am slowly starting to see growth. Um, but it's nowhere near what it needs to be. I mean, right here in San Antonio alone, um, just last year on the city of San Antonio side of the house, um, I think they only had around 2.8 um, percent of their contracts actually awarded to African-American businesses. Um, and that's in that's like right around $450 million in contracts that they did um, within that span. But as far as AABEs and then your women business owners was only at 7.3%. Um, so those, those numbers uh, are the reason why that I, I continue to persist. Even when I was over at the county, that was one of the big push with the African-American uh, Business Enterprise Initiative, uh, meeting with those business owners, finding out what was going on with them and literally trying to connect the dots so that they could mm -hmm. get the same mm -hmm. access um, as everybody else. Wow, that is excellent. And it is challenging um, being a small business owner myself, in addition to what I do for David B. Plemons, it is challenging to get those contracts. It is challenging to get at the table, to sit down at the table, to try and talk with those individuals. So I applaud your efforts on all small businesses' behalf. So tell me, how critical is support to you? I mean, you're supporting everyone else, but how critical is support to you? Oh, it's very critical. Um, I think that every business owner, regardless of what stage they are in, should have a mentor. Um, matter of fact, more than one. Um, you definitely should have an accountability buddy. Um, I myself have a mentor and an accountability buddy. Um, I have individuals who are in different states. Um, they are in similar industries as mine, and I have no problem with calling them at seven o'clock in the morning just, <laughs> just to ask them a question or finding out um, what they're working on. So having those people that literally have your best interests at heart um, is extremely important. Um, that's how you grow your network. That's also where you can absorb some of that energy and that fight and passion um, that you have, because sometimes you may not have you know, the best of day, it may be something as simple as sales may not be where they are, um, or your technology is not working like it's supposed to, and it just seems like the day is just not going um, well. But then you get that phone call or that email, or even you shoot out a text um, to that individual and just let them know, hey, would you believe that A, B, and C is going on? Um, and they will literally give you that pep talk, um, just like a coach, um, that you need to get through the rest of the day. And I think that that is important. Um, at least once a month, I try to meet with my mentor face-to-face uh, -face for lunch. 
Um, I have another one that is not here in Texas that I talk to on the phone probably every other day, um, in some cases more than once a day. <laughs> Depending on the support, right, you need at the moment. Yes, yeah, yes. and so it just, it, it varies, but I do believe that it is something that is genuinely needed um, on both sides. So in other words, I believe that it's important for people to give support, but I also believe it's important for people to receive support. Um, and that support mm -hmm. can be a phone call, a text message, um, where you eat lunch and just hammer out whatever's been going on that week. Um, it could be monetary, it could be time. Um, I went and volunteered for one of my mentors before with an event that she had, cause she just needed some extra hands on deck. That's not a problem. With everything that she's done for me, um, it was not even a question of can. It it was I'm on my way type of deal. Um, so you you have to develop, as I call it, that that village and that tribe um, that are literally going to be with you through thick and thin. So it is significantly um, important because they can speak to some of the things that you're going through um, because in certain cases they have been there, done that. They can also give you really good guidance on the ins and outs um, that's attached to it as well. And in some cases they can connect you with individuals too that you might have had trouble trying to find because um, that's happened to me where folks have been trying to look for individuals or contact them and they just for whatever reason the person was not getting back with them um so i went to back for them on their behalf and then lo and behold like a day later they're like hey um, i don't know what you said but that person literally just called me and we're you know meeting or whatever the case may be to handle the discussion that was at hand so I think it's extremely important and it's needed on both sides. Dr. Bridge Builder. Mm. Yes, girl. So tell us about a failure you've learned from, because as long as you've been in the business world, not necessarily in your own business, which you've been in business how long now? Oh, up under the name of Impact, probably about 10 years. Yeah, okay. as, as crazy as so, it sounds, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure you've had some failures. So tell us about a failure you learned from. Uh, ah, goodness gracious. Um, I think most recently it has been um, getting a better understanding of the market uh, in, in regards to making sure people understand what it is that I'm offering. Um, so a good example of that is back in the fall, I put together a capacity building class. Sounds perfectly fine for people who know what capacity building is as it relates to business. Um, and I was concerned with the fact that I did not meet my goal as far as my headcount. I do that for everything. I have like a specific goal in mind um, for anything that I do. And in most cases, when it's an actual class, I have like a headcount goal um, that I would like to achieve. Um, and I didn't reach that goal. And I was trying to figure out exactly, you know, what did I miss? Because the class was so relevant that you would think that I would have had a waiting list. But then when I talked it over, here we go back with the support, talked it over with my mentor, one of the things that she brought to my attention was the fact that a lot of business owners, particularly small business owners, they don't know what you mean by capacity building, right? That's kind of like business, mm -hmm. you know, consultant or business strategist jargon to them. That, that has no meaning to them. You know, just like I 
it's a quantitative and qualitative study. Somebody would be like, what in the world? What? Exactly. Yeah, what is that? So, <laughs> so that, and when I honestly did not realize that until she literally said that, and then it was a light bulb moment. She was like, they probably had no idea what it was and what you were offering simply by that title, because they don't know what capacity building is. Remember, the class was about how to actually reach capacity, but if they have no idea that they're not at capacity, then they would have no idea what capacity building means. So Ooh. that was <laughs> that was the light bulb moment um, for me in regards to um, you know classes revolving around small businesses and. I'm, I'm doing air quotes, reaching capacity um, as it relates to their business. So from that, I learned the importance of uh, verbiage as it relates to my target market, right? So I know what capacity building is. You definitely know what capacity building is. But, you know, mm -hmm. Sally Sue, who runs, you know, a dog grooming service, who's trying to figure out how to get more clients, she definitely will be a prime candidate to come to a capacity building class because she could find out what she needs to do. But when she looks on the computer and she just sees this stuff on like Eventbrite and it's like, help build your capacity for your business. She's going to scroll past that because she's like, are they talking about, you know, getting more people in the room for your business? I'm confused. What does that mean? <laughs> right. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I understood her correctly. So what I did was I actually asked um, some of my students who were brand new um, to the college campus. So they were freshmen, um, as well as some startups. When I say capacity building, what do you think of? Um, and sure enough, a good 70% of them were like way all over the place with all kinds of just interesting, crazy, <laughs> crazy things. Um, so I think that was something uh, that I definitely learned from. And that was as recent as, I want to say that was in November um, that I was uh, attempting to host that event. So that was really mm -hmm. recent. Undoubtedly. And like you say, it is in the verbiage because mom and pop, Joe Schmo, who are just starting out or even been in business three to five years. Capacity is not a word they may use in their vocabulary right. all the time. True. That seems almost like industry specific mm -hmm. more so than business specific mm -hmm. because we know in construction capacity, we know in certain management things capacity, but it may not be across all industries or in all businesses. Good point. Mm -hmm. So tell us about a success you learned from biggest one right now that's going on is with my, uh, I'm part of a research team and most people don't know that unless they're following me on LinkedIn. Um, as a doctorate student, I had just a whole bunch of people that I worked with on a regular basis. And one of them um, actually ended up being my mentor. Uh, as I mentioned before, I have more than one. Um, I have a, a female mentor that's right here in San Antonio, and I also have a male mentor. And I believe that having different genders is also important. Um, and that's a whole nother story in itself. Um, so I uh, ended up having him as a mentor. He's already done um, with the program, had his PhD. And I was at that time still working toward mine. Um, and he called me on the phone and after I sent him some of my work, because that's, you know, literally what he was doing. He was reading over my work and giving me critical feedback, which is what I needed. And he called me up 
And he told me some things that he wanted me to work on. And then he ended it by saying, hey, just want to let you know that I sent up an abstract for a conference that's coming up in about three months. And it's all related around marketing. And I put you down on my research team. So just so you know, our next call for the group is on Sunday. I'll send you the information. I'll send you the information. So it wasn't even a yes or no type of deal. It was just you on the team type of deal. So from that, um, that research team, I, on that first call, I was exposed to a team of eight um, African-American and Latino, either doctorate candidates or doctors who had already finished the program. And it was the most fabulous thing um, that I had ever heard of before. And the main focus of the research team was any and everything revolving around marketing, branding, um, and business operations as it relates to um, minorities um, or gender specifics in America. So this was probably about four years ago, because this was um, 2016 when I first got on the research team when it was formed. So mm -hmm. since then, um, we have actually won six awards. Matter of fact, the most recent one um, was last week. Um, due to Corona, we all could not go to um, New Orleans for um, a big conference that was being held there where we actually were supposed to present um, but it was done virtually, us against some other teams, including teams from um, BYU, uh, Our Lady of the Lake was on there as well, and there was two other large schools um, that were represented, um, but, but our team actually placed first. Um, again, so we currently have six first place, national level first places up under our belt. Um, so that Congratulations. Been, thank you. That has been beautiful um, to experience as a whole um, with those individuals that are part of the team. Uh, we also recently went ahead and was published as well um, as a team. Normally, all of us have our own different little things that we work on on the side and published in different um, business publications. Association of Market Research is another big one um, that many of us are in. So this time we actually pulled together our information um, as a group um, and actually just submitted an actual article and that article um, has been published as well. Um, so those things recently all revolving around my, my research and research studies with that group is beautiful in itself. Um, on a national level, I had never personally um, won an award directly related to my research outside of my school, um, North Central, um, with the award that I got from them because of the focus, which was um, African-American female business owners. Um, and they thought that that was like the best thing since sliced bread. So, <laughs> so being able sure. to have that success um, part of a group and be part of that specific group because um, we don't look like your everyday ordinary folks that you would expect to see um, when you talk about um, a business research team, um, a specifically a business research team that now has six national wards up under its belt. We, we don't. Um, and we know that. We think that that is something that kind of just adds to the fuel <laughs> of the group yes. that makes us so unique. When we do walk into a room, people are like, like, who are they? <laughs> type of deal. Undoubtedly. So that's an excellent segue into what does success look like for you? For you personally with your business 
as well as we can tell, the group success was amazing just because your mentor decided to volunteer you to be on this team. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am, he did. <laughs> and to this day, he still does that for the record. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> success for me, I believe, is when, as it relates to my business, is when I can say at the end of the day, I did something different. Um, and it can be something as simple as I added another meeting to my calendar or I spoke with a former student and gave them some guidance and I know that they're going to take the information and run with it. Um, or it could be something as simple as I opened up my calendar and realized that somebody has graduated out of a course. Um, That is success for me. When I get those phone calls from individuals that said, hey, Dr. Bridgebuilder, remember that time when you told me to do this? Well, guess what? I did, and this is what happened. Um, It it excites me. Um, That is reward within itself. Um, I also think it's beauty in having brand new changes chapters. So in other words, even when you have something that happens that may be considered an opportunity, so it may not necessarily go exactly as you have it planned, um, you still have some lessons that you can pull from that um, that can still catapult you to success, um, to some type of growth uh, that is important. And you may not necessarily see it like in that moment, but in the long run, um, that decision or that opportunity, whatever it may be, could have actually led you to where you are now. Um, So I think that all of that um, is folded into being successful. Um, But lately it's been the folks that have called and told me stuff is actually working and they are seeing results. So it's a beautiful thing. That's the best part. Yeah, the feedback that you get too. um, So when you host um, different classes or webinars or like the mixer on Wednesday that I had at the end of it when everybody was hopping off, having folks say, you know, Shay, this was great. Do it next week. Hey, Shay, I really loved it. I met some cool people. Hey, Shay, you know, can you send me such and such info again? Because I missed it and we really need to connect. And then I also sat back and let them um, just talk amongst themselves because I actually had walked off to get more wine because it was a wine down Wednesday event. <laughs> and I came back and just listening to the the partnerships that were forming with business owners that had never met um, before. Like there was a guy on there that was an artist who was talking to another gentleman that was on there who um, ran a food truck. And they were talking about this crazy concept um, of possibly like displaying some of his art um, outside of the food truck, like a pop-up shop, um, for lack of a better word, and having him doing some artwork on some of his um, patio pieces that he has um, that he brings out with the food truck. I mean, just all kinds of really neat things um, came out of that. So that is success um, to me because the main goal behind my business is literally to bridge the gap um, for businesses so they can be ready for what's next. So when it actually happens, um, and it happens naturally like that, it's a beautiful thing. That's awesome. That that really is because that means that all the education, all the training, all the experience you had, you were able to impart that into a small business or a business owner, period. Don't necessarily have to be a small business, but it actually works and yes. it lends credibility 
and viability to what you do and it does motivate you. Yes, very much so. Amazing. Very much so. And I, so, I think that it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing in the long run in the grand scheme of things so <laughs> of course so if you had to do it all over again what would you do differently if anything um i think one thing i would do differently um is when i originally rolled at southwest texas state i had my major just listed just as business administration but I've always been a lover of everything merchandise and fashion related. So I ended up doing a dual um, for my bachelor's, for my undergrad. So I think that's one thing that I probably would have changed. I just would have kept it just straight business um, administration, which is actually what my master's is in, as well as my doctorate. But my undergraduate, I actually did a twofold. Um, so I got merchandising behind the name, and then I also have the um, business management and marketing behind the name. I think that the reason why I would have done um, one over the other is because there were more classes that I could have been exposed to um, if I just went and went straight um, business. But the downside of that is, is that I would have missed out on all of the really cool opportunities that I got on the fashion side of the house um, with all of the different people that I got to meet and work with, because um, my biggest internship was actually um, tied into retail that catapulted me on the path that I'm currently at. So I guess it kind of worked out in the long run. <laughs> but um, it I, did. I say that was one thing I might have changed. But other than that, I think everything has been a journey and an interesting lesson um, that made me the individual that I am today um, that I am thoroughly happy with. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it because you are a ball of energy. Wherever yes. you go, there is this energetic presence. And the way you perceive things, the way you see things, you look at it truly outside the box. You listen to what's inside the box and then you step out and you go, hey, have you thought about this? Did you see it this way? Have you looked at it this way? Which is admirable because you're just not limited to what's in the box. You believe in looking outside the box. And that is phenomenal. I love it. I, I can just watch you and listen to you talk frequently because it's like, okay, I can just get hyped on what she say. I don't know what she's saying all the time, but I can get hyped on that. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And okay. that's, that's the whole point. That is the whole point because I want to be able to plant those seeds in individuals and then I want them to take those seeds and I want them to water them and I want them them to grow um, and that's actually in the little avatar that I have of myself that's on the screen but that, that's that's what I want individuals to be able to do because when you sow those seeds in people it's beautiful to see those seeds finally take sprout and you can in some cases tell when the light bulb goes off with folks um, and it's a beautiful thing so I think it kind of just rolled into me from my mama because she's the exact same way um, thanks mom so here I am <laughs> Well, that's the educator in you also. You know, yeah. you're just not strictly a businesswoman. You are an educator. And all educators want any student or anybody they come in contact with to learn, to glean, yeah. to break ignorance off, to break that unknowing off. They want them to be able to have knowledge, which is power, so they can move forward. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be stuck. Exactly. And 
all educators get frustrated when they don't get it. You know, when that student, one student doesn't get it, that educator is like, how can I help them to understand? Right. And creativity really comes into play. It does. It does. And especially right now with everything that's going on uh, with the corona um, and the, the pandemic just as a whole, you have so many students, college as well as your primaries, high school, middle school, who are actually at home. So they're having to do with a lot of stuff in regards to getting information, being able to hop on um, their classroom, regardless of whatever learning management system it is, whether it be Brightspace or if they're in like a room like this, Zoom, um, they're now at home, they have their siblings there. If you have more than one child, one laptop, and all of the kids need to have access to class, turn in homework, it's it's a lot. Um, you must be at my house right now. And it's really a lot for little ones because, you know, they have no understanding of, you know, what a pandemic is. So they're kind of just like, what is going on right now type of deal. So I think that educators um, have had to literally overnight um, find ways to communicate their message and still keep a, a strong straight face for themselves, but also a strong straight face for their students. Um, when they hop online with those babies, they, cause I call even I, the college students that I teach, they'll tell you, Dr. Robinson calls us, they're her babies, I do. Uh, when they mm -hmm. <laughs> when hop online with those babies, you have to literally let them know that everything is going to be okay, even though in the back of your mind, you honestly really don't know what's going to happen within the next hour, but you have to bring some kind of sense of normalcy um, to the equation and let them know that you're going to be able to be there for them and also work with them through this. So you can't expect them to, you know, have all of the information, submit everything, and, you know, like you did when you were on the ground, because that has evolved greatly and luckily with uh, my schools uh, quite a few of them were already completely rolled out to online campuses so I had on the ground as well as online um, courses so Brightspace and all those other learning management systems came very easily because of that but there are instructors who still three weeks in they're struggling um, they're struggling to keep it all together and they're struggling to just get this whole check situation together because as you know there's quite a few educators who have been in the field for like 25 years plus. So all of this Zoom and Brightspace and Canva, that's all new to them because they're so used to just chalkboard um, with their students. So it's been an adventure. <laughs> undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Well, do you have any advice for our audience? You know, those last little bit of caveats or things that you'd like to tell them to keep them motivated or to kind of round uh, bring them in, bring them in to help them stay sane if there's such a thing. Yeah, I, love you know, because... I love it. I would tell the audience that you have to understand that a no in a lot of cases is temporary, right? So I mm -hmm. need people to understand the concept of you have to sit in it and I did a whole spill about this. You have to sit in it. And what I mean by that is wherever you are with your business, your finances, everything that's going on right now with this pandemic, I need folks to make sure that they are taking a moment to get grounded and to sit in where they currently are. When you sit in it, 
and you really focus and get a clear understanding of the picture and what it is that you're currently living in. And so not where you was in February and January, but where you are currently, you will notice that you will start to get concepts and ideas of where you need to go. Like literally, you just start thinking it. It will come to you. Um, so what might have worked for you back in January may not necessarily work for you right currently now in April. Um, I'm seeing some business owners that are, you know, the anxiety level is pretty high because of everything that is going on. But I have to make you understand that there are opportunities that are out there for business owners that in some cases do not cost you anything um, for you to actually go through. Um, you can take different courses online to get better in your skill set. Webinars, you have podcasts like the one that you're hosting, Dahlia, that people can hop on with, get information, vital resources. And, you know, to a degree, a lot of us need to just stay away from the news right now because it can get a little stir crazy for folks. Um, and yes. we just have to get planted um, and sit in the moment and figure out what do we want to do come this summer. So if you think that you want to open up a second location or if you want to plan a family vacation, I don't know, whatever it is that you want to do, then you really have to focus on that and start planning. There is nothing wrong with us writing. For some strangers, we just we type everything nowadays. <laughs> Journal entries are very important and they're very therapeutic. Um, so I would highly recommend that people start focusing on where they want to go from this current moment on. Like, what, what are your plans? What would you like to do? And also be mindful, too, that you're still here for a reason. You have a lot of things that you still need to do and accomplish, but you're not going to be able to do any of those things or accomplish them if you don't get focused, right, on whatever those goals actually are. Because the goals are still there. They didn't go anywhere, even though the pandemic happened. You still have those goals, so you still need to be trying your best to work towards those goals. And without hesitation, have no problem with finding an accountability buddy, right? Or a mentor that can guide you along. And we have all of these technology packages that are out there now. So you can do that over the phone or it can be over like a webinar like this, but you really need to make sure that you have a good support system for yourself. So not just family and friends, but also business besties um, that you're bringing into the fold. Um, join different Facebook groups that can inspire you as well. Um, and make sure that you get outdoors. That's something else that I think people are forgetting to do. Even though we are quarantined, they didn't say you couldn't leave, you know, your physical house and, you know, walk in your backyard. Just like right now, um, I'm actually in my she shed, which is my office in the back of my house. Um, and I have the doors actually open and there's plants all over the place. Um, so getting in nature, getting grounded is very significant. And I need people to realize the value of their work and what they're bringing to the table. Uh, be prepared for when this is over so that once it's all said and done, you hopefully can hit the ground running. Never forget about all the opportunities that are out there for you to grow your business. Um, make sure you do your research. Get with that business bestie, as I mentioned earlier, so that they can literally hold you accountable and you can hold them accountable as well. And have no problem 
having those hard conversations. So when somebody asks you, you know, how are you genuinely doing with your business? You can give them a genuine answer in relation to that question and not just say, oh, I'm okay. When in actuality, you know, you feel like the building is on fire when it's not. Um, so be be mindful of all of that and realize that you got into this particular industry for a reason. Only, you know, the, the brain at heart uh, can hop on to the whole concept of being an entrepreneur because there's going to be some mountains and some rough patches that go along with it. But it's those beautiful valleys and the mountaintops um, that are absolutely gorgeous that you have to look forward to. So I think we're going to do great. We just got to keep faith. Agreed. You know, it's almost like using what's in your hand. What do you have in your hand that you can focus on, that you can use? I love the example that you gave of the construction guy yes. who was like, okay, well, I can't do construction work, but I do have these N95 masks and these uh, hazmat suits. Let's see. This is what I have in my hand. Yeah. And he was so. thinking outside the box. And Exactly. There's also a restaurant that had, um, I don't know how it all started, but people actually started attaching dollar bills to the ceilings and the walls. It's the most strangest thing I've ever heard of. Well, on behold, yeah, out in Georgia. Out yeah, in Georgia oh, yes. You saw that on the news. So yeah, he's removed all of the cash and he's actually using it to pay his employees. Yep. Close to $4,000. Yes. And it's a beautiful thing. So that's what I mean when I say that I, I need people to understand that, you know, you can always make, you know, lemonade from lemons. You can. Um, it's just going to take people having an understanding of what it is that they want to accomplish and realize that not all change is bad. Um, and that's something else that a lot of people kind of run from because we get so used to being so structured, you know, having stuff set a particular way that when a situation like this happens, we are literally just lost. Um, we're not for sure where to go, what to do. Um, but I think that change is inevitable in most cases. Um, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. You really just have to have a clear understanding of how to pivot um, and get to where you need to be. Agreed. Well, Dr. Shantana Robinson, AKA Dr. Bridge Builder, yes, we thank you so much for your insight and your time today. You know, working remotely has been difficult for me because I'm a social person, yeah. but I've also learned I love my house. I love my husband. I love my house. I love my husband. Aww. I keep saying that as I step out on the front porch so that I can get some fresh air. But yes. understandable, this is a challenging time for us. But you know what? Like you said, we will get through this and we will get past this. So thank you so much for your advice and your guidance. We appreciate you and we look forward to hearing more from you in the future. Yes, and thank you so much for the opportunity. It was great speaking with you, and I wish everybody, including you, you know, love and success through all of this, and I look forward to seeing all of the wonderful um, things that business owners are going to come out with and the wonderful, beautiful things that people are going to create um, from this as well once it is all over. So thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, audience, for joining us today on the hustle, juggle, and struggle of small business. For more information about any of our guests, or if you have questions and comments, please email us at admin at 
And don't forget to check out our website, lemoncpa.com, for upcoming events and workshops in San Antonio. David B. Plemons CPA Inc. is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. policy. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or their concepts or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the views of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. or any of its officials. You should always consult your own investment advisors, attorneys, and accountants before making any decisions concerning your financial matters. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our office. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.